Arizona, Arizona Sports. Feel local, local sports, sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All right, this is where you're going to get caught up every day. We call it the 4 o'clock reset. We're going to start with the Phoenix Suns. And our first story involves Gambo doing the Gambo thing. Earlier today, Sham Sharania reported this on Bally Sports. There's been increasing interest in Charlotte Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels. Sources tell me that the Suns have emerged as a team with interest in McDaniels, among several others in recent weeks. And McDaniels is a player who makes sense for the Suns as a target in a potential Jay Crowder three-team deal. Gambo, what you got? Yeah, there have been no discussions, the, the Phoenix Suns. There were discussions in the preseason with Charlotte, in the preseason about potential Jay Crowder, but that was before the ball injury and all the problems that Charlotte had that, that took him out of contention. But the reality is that uh, there is there is no truth to that. Uh, his name has not come up, and there are no talks uh, going on right now for uh, between the Suns and Charlotte on McDaniel. The Hornets are 11-30 and 30 on the season, third worst team in the NBA. So they're one of those few teams that are, that are already so bad, you can say they're out of it. So they're one of the few true sellers that we have in the league. Uh, McDaniels is a good young player, long, uh, kind of athletic, not, you know, super consistent shooter, but not, I, I don't think a name that Suns fans should get really upset that the organization's not in on. Clearly, though, they need some bodies. The Suns facing a returning Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors tonight. Mikel Bridges will be the only original Suns starter to take the court tonight for Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton has been ruled out with an ankle injury. But Gambo, you saying that a 10-day contracts player might be on the way sometime very, very soon. Yeah, I'm expecting that within the next 24 to 48 hours. They they address a, a need for a body. Most likely would be a 10-day contract guy. What position, I don't know because there are needs everywhere. But once they get a proper evaluation on a medical here, I would not be surprised if at some time tomorrow on Wednesday or maybe by Thursday at the latest they do add a player again I'm, I'm looking at likely a 10 day contract guy just to get a body and these guys will be coming back soon uh, but in the meantime they definitely need to get somebody in here. Suns have lost 6 games in a row 9 out of their last 10 games they're below 500 for the first time since they started last year 1 and 3 after that they rattled off an 18 game win streak that feels like a long long time ago. As far as that one starter who is available tonight, going to play a soundbite here from Kevin Ray talking about Mikel Bridges when he hopped on Wolf and Luke's show last week. He's tired. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I saw him on a number of occasions walk back to the huddle the other night just absolutely gassed. This is a guy who has just balled out every single night, and I'm not a proponent of, you know, resting guys and, and load management, but you know, you're never going to catch AC Green. And I know Mikel takes great pride in playing, and I'm sure he will never sit down. But this dude is tired. He is beaten up. And that, to me, has had as much to do with Mikel missing shots on this road trip than anything. Be that as it may, this is not a good time to give Mikel Bridges a day off. They don't have any players right now. No, no, they are. They're, and they're desperate for a win. You know, they're desperate for a win where they've lost. 
you know, nine out of ten basketball games. They're trying to get in the win column. And you know, we talked to James Jones last week, and he talked about the importance of of seed and that they it's not just about being healthy for the playoffs, but trying to make sure you get a good seed. That's why they're really going out there trying to win some of these games. Yeah, Suns Warriors tonight again. DeAndre Eaton is out. Steph Curry is in. Still no Devin Booker. Still no campaign. Still no Cam Johnson. Still no Chris Paul. Tip off is at eight o'clock. You'll hear it here on ninety eight seven in the Arizona Sports app. Time for our daily check in on the Arizona Cardinals and their search for a new GM. According to Jim Trotter, former Giants executive Jerry Reese will speak with Arizona today. He joins a reported four other names for the open position. There was also an interesting report via the scores. Jordan Schultz. He says the team is looking into trading wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Bidwell plans to make this clear during general manager interviews. Hey, this is our plan. Tell me how you're going to execute it sort of a thing. That'd be an interesting report if it is in fact true, Gambo. Yeah, I'm being told that Hopkins prefers to get to go to either the Jaguars or the Chargers. The interesting thing is that both of those guys have, you know, have, have wide receivers under big contracts, including the Jags and Christian Kirk. But the, the top two destinations for him, Jacksonville to play with Peterson and Lawrence, and then the Chargers, you know, obviously chance to play with Justin Herbert. He looks as those at those as good possibilities to go play and play with good quarterbacks and play in a good system. So keep your eye out on Jacksonville and the Chargers if he does go somewhere. We have an up-to-date GM search tracker right now on the Arizona Sports app where you can also read about Hollywood Brown saying this while on Twitch last night. I want to include the- get another chance with a healthy group. I mean, at the end of the day, business, man. That was Hollywood Browns wanting Cliff to get another chance. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, who do you say? At the end of the day, it's business. Yep. Look, Hollywood Brown, and I'm, I'm really fascinated by that, too, because Hollywood Brown is not a guy that the new GM brought in. He didn't trade for him. You know, he had a good year, but he missed time. Is he worth the money? Do you just play the contract out after next year and then decide, or do you go out and get him a... So I really, really want to see what the what the new GM decides to do with the Hollywood Brown situation. Yeah. We know the Cardinals' opponents for next season. We, we knew it, actually, yesterday. We just didn't have a time to get to it. We just don't know the actual schedule. The home games, in addition to the NFC West, will be against Atlanta, Baltimore, the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Giants. The road games, in addition to the NFC West, will be against the Bears, the Browns, the Texans, the Eagles, the Steelers, and the Commanders. I get cold just looking at that list, for goodness sakes. (laughs) Chicago, Cleveland, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. I get cold just looking at that list. I hope those games are early. You want those games in September and October. (laughs) You don't want to play those games in like late November, early. You especially don't want to play those games in December. Bring a jacket, Paul Calvisi. Bring a jacket. Five coaching positions are open in the NFL. Could there be a sixth? ESPN's Jeff Tarlington had this to say about Rams head coach Sean McVay as rumors swirl over him potentially stepping away. Kyle sort of set the tone early on where he doesn't really let his coaches interview for jobs that are lateral moves. Um, and uh, sometimes even even more than that, because these guys know each other all so well that they try to like protect their staffs, essentially. So Sean doing that doesn't, to me, just simply say that he is definitely um, retiring, but it does tell me that he is... You know, at least on the fence to the point where he's not going to, you know, hold the rest of his staff hostage while he makes the decision. He didn't make it clear in that soundbite what Sean McVay is doing. He's permitting his coaching staff to search for other jobs without resistance. Wow. He's just let, hey, if you get another job, go. 
I'm not holding you back. I wonder if that's because he knows what he's doing or because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Who knows? The Kyle he was referring to at the beginning is Kyle Shanahan, who's very particular about who his coaches interview with. But Sean McVay is putting no restrictions at all on any of his coaches. Uh, other coach, he's, he's, I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go, too. I think he's going to go. Other coaching news. Panthers are interviewing former Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes today. Their interim coach who went, what, 6-6 six and six, uh, as their leader? Almost got him in the playoffs. Almost got him in the playoffs. Had him playing hard. They played hard. They lost that game to the big, big loss to the Bucks two weeks ago. That was, that was, they would have won that game. They would have had a shot. They plan on bringing in former Colts head coach Frank Reich for a future interview as well in Carolina. Georgia, and there's no other way to put it, they just beat the hell out of TCU in the national championship game last night. And Jalen Carter, a name to keep an eye on for the Cardinals at number three, made it official. He declared for the draft after winning back-to-back championships with the Bulldogs. One of the most dominant, you know, great against the run, great against the pass, you know, definitely a, you know, a top five pick in the draft. Could be the number one overall pick in the draft if the Bears decide to just keep the pick and go defense, but definitely a guy in line for the number one overall pick. And then Carlos Correa, after initially agreeing to a 13-year, $350 million contract with the Giants, only to have them pull it, pivoting to the Mets, who offered him 12 years, $315 million, only to see them pull it, finalized a six-year, $200 million contract to stay with the Minnesota Twins today. There are concerns about his leg or his ankle, and apparently the doctors on the Giants and the Mets both thought that his leg just wouldn't, for lack of a better word, wouldn't age very well. The Twins had no such concerns. They gave him $33.3 million a year over a six-year deal. Isn't that crazy? Nuts. Nuts. Giants, okay, they're out. Mets, okay, we're going to take him. Mets are out. I had people asking me because I reported last week that the Diamondbacks made a substantial offer to Dansby Swanson of about $150 million if the Diamondbacks would be in on Correa, and I said no. What I was told is that no, they're not interested in Correa. They did were interested in Dansby Swanson, didn't get him, but they did not have interest in Correa. And maybe the first professional team in Arizona to get a win in 2023. We're 0 for 10. We're 0 for 10. 0 for, well, you had a 12-game losing streak overall dating back to last year. But in what do 20, we got? 2023, we got the Coyotes back on home ice tonight, hosting the San Jose Sharks at Mullet Arena at 7 o'clock. You can hear the game on the Arizona Sports app and on ESPN 620. Who will be the first Arizona team to win a game in 2023? The Arizona Coyotes. I'm, I'm putting my money on I'm that. I'm going when with that pickleball league start. When does that pickleball league start? <laughs> exactly. You're going with the Diamondbacks? I want to play, play pickleball. I do too. My wife got me. Uh, I, we, I got got a set. we got pickleball racks. racks. Yes, or why? I got a, I got a set. Every, I got a pickleball set. Everybody's Everybody my age is playing pickleball. No, I want to play. Everybody, my, play. everybody our age is doing the pickleball thing. That's for sure. Those are our top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Every day we present them to you. We call it the four o'clock reset. When we come back, we focus specifically on the Suns as they get ready to take on the Warriors tonight. If they're going to fix this year's roster, there is a team out there that could present plenty of options to help them out. We'll tell you who it is next on the Burns and Gambo show. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Just real quick, Carlos Correa just lost $115 million. Yeah, he did. He had agreed to a $315 million deal with the Mets, and now he just signed for $200 million. 
Now, there is a part of the story I didn't get a chance to mention with Correa going back to the Twins. There's also another four years and $70 million that vests when he passes a medical review. So if he passes the medical review, take that six-year, $200 million contract, add four years, add another $70 million. So now it becomes 10 years and $270 million. Still a loss from what he's taking, but in terms of average annual salary, he's the second highest in the history of baseball behind only Francisco Lindor. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he lost a lot of money, and yeah, this this journey he's gone through, certainly, I mean, it was $350 million he was going to get with the Giants. It was 315 he was going to get with the Mets. Best case scenario, and I say that, you know, with a smile on my face, Best case scenario, he's getting 270 from the Minnesota Twins. So, yeah, it's cost him some money. No doubt. Wow. Cost him some wow. money. I just, I, what did they, what did they see on the injury report? I mean, two teams. That, that, that made two teams go, yep, you know, on second thought, no thanks. Right, it's not just one team. Keep it's not walking. just okay. Yep. Because San Francisco looked kind of stupid, like, for a day. Like, because they set the press conference up and everything. Mm-hmm. For Carlos, then they balked, and then the Mets came in, and oh, he's on a Mets now. Wow, the Mets is bad. And then the Mets balked, and it's like, oh my goodness. So, a 315, 12 years, $315 million. This was after he had agreed to 13 years and 350 with the Giants. So he went from 350 to 315 to 200. But but as you say, there's you know there's there's physicals and stuff that could bump that salary up a little to bit. To 270, more. yeah. Uh, Mitch, who's a big Giants fan, he just sent me a message. He thinks it's a metal plate in his ankle that gave everybody a little bit of a scare last season, and is the reason why. So uh, he he ends up with the Twins, yeah, and they get one of the best you know young players in all of Major League Baseball. Now, from the Suns' perspective, officially halfway through the season, 41 games have been played, 41 games to go. The last uh, 20 or so have been really, really rough. Lots of guys missing lots of games. Right now, the Suns are clinging to a playoff spot with no real relief in sight. No DeAndre Ayton, no Chris Paul tonight. Maybe those guys are coming back somewhat soon. Campaign's not going to be reevaluated for two weeks. Devin Booker's still out at least three weeks. We don't really know about Cam Johnson at this point. Uh, it, it was fascinating to read today on ESPN.com, and, and it's actually from a couple of days ago, a story about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, here's the headline from the story. A major NBA trade deadline player hardly anyone's talking about, the Toronto Raptors. And it's all about how close they are to blowing it up, how despite how good the coach is and good the GM is and good the players are, it might be time to go a different direction because it's just not meshing. Talking about Pascal Siakam, talking about Fred Van Vliet, talking about OG Ananobi, you're talking about Scotty Barnes, you're talking about Gary Trent. There's a yeah. lot of talent on there, and a lot of people around the league think they're another week or two away from really blowing that thing up in Toronto. Can the Suns take advantage of that if they do? Yeah, I think it would be I think it would be hard. Um, because I think if they do move a player, that the players that I'm hearing that they would move are are OG Ananobi or Obi Wan Kenobi? If I go use Star Wars, Bernsey. Um, Thank you. But OG Ananobi or, or 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 Trent Gary Trent Jr. But I don't think that they trade Siakam or Van Vliet or Scotty Barnes. So I think that they would trade 
OG on an OB, and I think they would trade Gary Trent Jr. Let's start with Trent Jr. He plays the same position as Book. He's a shooting guard. He could shoot the basketball, um, but he plays the same position as Book, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, he's a young player. But he's a shooting guard, and you've got Devin Booker there. And, you know, get to the playoffs, then you can play them t- together a little bit. But it's unlikely that I think that they would go after Trent uh, Jr. just because he plays the same position. I, I mean, maybe, but I, I think that's also kind of a real sort of one-dimensional way of looking at it. I, I mean, I, I think you need shooters on the floor at all time. And while they technically play the same position, uh, I mean, you can always, always, always have more shooting. And, and to me, that is that is a position where you just can't have enough guys. I, I get it. There might be some limitations in terms of playing them at the same time, though I think point book might alleviate some of that potentially given how much ball handling he's done yeah. lately. I, I don't I, I, I don't mind that one at all, even though they play the same position, but that's just my opinion here. Yeah, I take Siakam off the list because if they if Toronto came knocking on if the Suns and were asking about Siakam, they're gonna ask for Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and a bunch of draft picks. That's not gonna happen. So I don't think there's a scenario in which the Suns could get past should we have a conversation about whether that should happen, though? I mean, you could, obviously. I mean, he's a fantastic player. I love Pascal Siakam. There's a thought that, you know, it's, you know, with him and DeAndre and Book, I mean, I I mean, listen, I like him. He's 28 years old. He's a scorer. He's a really good player. He would cost you a, a you know, a few few first-round draft picks sure. and two of your better players. Sure, sure. Uh, no, I, I, I believe that. I, I believe that the, the cost would be very expensive. I, the only reason why I want to hit pause on rapidly dismissing that is is number one, that's kind of what we've been talking about holding on to these draft picks for, right, was the next superstar that becomes available, and I think Pascal Siakam is, is in that category. And then number two, the two players that you just talked about, we're talking about an oft-injured Cam Johnson that we just talked an hour ago about whether he's a little more expendable now because of his injuries. And Mikel Bridges, a player that we had the conversation last week, is he a little bit more expendable because some of the flaws that have kind of shown in his game. Now, I don't want to get rid of Mikel. I, I, I really, I think Mikel is very well suited when he's the third or fourth best option on a team and is a very valuable player because of that. I'm not in a hot rush to move him, but I think for a a talent like Siakam that you could put next to Devin Booker for the next four years and have a legit one-two superstar punch in this league, I think it's at least worth thinking about and not dismissing. But again, yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah, I do wonder if Pascal Siakam and DeAndre could coexist together. Or would they want to move off from DeAndre and just get themselves a different type of center that plays away from the basket if you got Siakam? Maybe, and and I, I guess I find myself less and less Less worried about, even though he's under contract, about how guys fit next to DeAndre Ayton because I just don't know if he's ever going to morph into that true number two next to Devin Booker. I, I just don't know if he's ever going to really yeah. get there or not. You know, but please, the other continue. guy is. Yeah, go ahead. I'm a big Fred Van Vliet fan. Um, really like him. But he is a smaller guard, starting to get up there in age a little bit. He'll be 29 years old, which isn't terribly old. But, you know, I think for Van Vliet, again, I think if they were to trade Van Vliet, they would probably ask for Michaela Cam. So I don't see them getting Van Vliet, um, you know, a smaller guard. The Suns want wing players, Burns. They, they, they really want wing players. So we keep talking about these guards, whether it's Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van Vliet. They, their preference is to find some wing players, which is, you know, then you take a look at, you know, an OG uh, Ananobi, 
uh, you know, a, a guy who, you know, again, that would cost you probably a Cam or a McHale plus some draft picks, and then you got to make the money work. So he's a younger player, 25 years old, could score the basketball. I like him, you know, 6'7", but that's the kind of player I think you would probably look at more than anybody else. But I think he's the guy that will be available for them to trade. I don't think they'll trade Siakam. I don't think they'll trade Barnes, but I do think they're open to trade an OG Ananobi. Yeah, and, and he would be a player. He's a player we've been talking about since the summer. For a long right? time, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a guy we've been talking about since the DeAndre Ayton talk over the summer about whether you would trade him or sign and trade him or move him somewhere else. Would OG, I, I, man, I feel like we talked about him every other day during the summer when talking about DeAndre Ayton. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and that to me is, and again, most of those that whole Toronto situation to me speaks more to window two than it does window one. That whole Raptors situation, like if you're going to, if you are the Suns and you're going to go get somebody off of that roster, uh, as unlikely as it might be, according to kind of what you're suggesting, it seems to me that you're not really doing it for the benefit of this year. You're doing it for the benefit of next year if you've got that shot because I, I just don't know this year I mean, it depends I guess it depends on how bad things get at the trade deadline both for the Raptors and the Suns and how much of that the Raptors are willing to sell off but it just it feels like any Raptor move would be more of a next year next window kind of move for the Suns but I could be wrong yeah yeah and Van Vliet was a guy and you, you remember this I mean three years ago I was all over that you go get Fred Van Vliet I loved him as a player three years ago but you know, he's, he's, you know the, the Toronto playing smaller this year. They don't have, you know, Portal. They don't have Gasol. They don't have Serge Ibaka anymore. So they don't play as big anymore. So they play small. And, you know, that's really affected Van Vliet. He hasn't been the same player as he was, you know, in the past. So, I, you know, and, and Trent's okay. He's a good shooting guard. But again, I mean, you could play him with Booker if you got him, if you're looking for a guard. But I just don't, you know, I, I think the preference is really to try to get some some wing some players. Wing players I, I've said this all along. You know that. I think that any move they make, it's, you know, they want to get some wing depth on the roster right now. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open right now at 620-620. The Arizona Cardinals are prioritizing a general manager in their search for a new head coach and GM. Who are some of the candidates to fill the head coaching job? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's a good jam on a Tuesday afternoon. Get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's turn it back over to Rubes. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Ruby, what you got? Been a brutal, brutal stretch for the Suns. Lost nine out of their ten. Injuries galore. They're in the play-in tournament and they're dropping. So, based on their current trajectory, are you ready to give up on this? Only this. Sun season. You've got three options. Option number one, you're not even close to giving up. You're good. You're not going to give up. Option number two, eh, ask me in a couple weeks. Ask me at the all-star break. And option number three is the old friend, www.tankathon.com. <laughs> not going the tankathon route. Um, ask me in a few weeks when we get closer to the trade deadline. They, they, they have to... They've lost 14 of their last 18 games. They they need to stabilize this time without Devin Booker so they can give themselves a chance when he comes back. If they far, fall too far out of this, 
I fear that even the return of Devin Booker isn't going to be enough to make enough of a difference. They've got to stabilize this free fall. So ask me again in a few weeks, I think is how I'd vote. I go option number one. Okay. Because I, 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 I'm not ready to give up on, uh, I'm not ready to give up on the team. Okay. Survey says. Survey says leading the way at 48.7% is ask me in a couple weeks at the all-star break, but we almost have had some movement. The last two options are now closer in a slight lead for second place at 25.7% is www.tankathon.com, but at 25.5% is not given up. Wow. All right. Good, uh, good question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it there. So the latest on the Cardinals coaching and GM search. Jerry Reese was a name that was added to the list today by Jim Trotter of NFL Media, the NFL Network, NFL.com. He reported today that Michael Bidwell will interview Jerry Reese. He spent more than two decades with the New York Giants, including 10 years as their general manager. Gambo, I know, is a Giants fan. You're very familiar with Jerry Reese. He was the GM during the Super Bowl years, but only two other times other than the Super Bowl years did they make the playoffs when he was the GM. They were very boomer bust when he was their GM for a decade. Yeah, and he's been out for a while. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I don't even know where he's been. He is, you know, the Giants fired him in 2017. They had a big house cleaning. They got rid of everybody. He hasn't really surfaced since then. But he's not like he's 100 years old. I think he's still in the, like his late 50s. So, you know, decent name to to bring in and, and, and listen, cast that net wide and far sure. and bring guys in and, you know, get opinions on guys. What do you think you would do with this team? And, you know, that helps you form your own opinion. You know, if Michael Bidwell brings in 10 people and he gets 10 different people talking about what they should do, it, it'll help form his opinion on what he thinks is the best thing for the organization. Reese is a guy that was part of the Giants when they won the two Super Bowls and they beat the Patriots. But again, I, I don't think he's been involved in football since, you know, he left. I'm not sure if he did any TV or radio or anything like that, but he hasn't been really involved in football since he left the Giants in 2007. I did a very, very brief Google search. I couldn't really find anything that he's been doing since he left. I'm sure there's something, but I, I don't know what it is. The other names are names that we talked about yesterday, but I'll bring up again. Monty Austin Fort, according to Tom Pelissero, the Cardinals requested to interview the Titans director of player personnel. He spent the bulk of his career in the Patriots organization as a scout, a national scout personnel assistant. Uh, Ian Cunningham is the assistant general manager of the Chicago Bears. Now, according to a report today, he is getting an interview on Thursday for the job. He is also interviewing with the Titans for their general manager's job on Saturday. So he would appear to have maybe potentially some options. And then the others are affiliated, the two San Francisco 49ers guy. Uh, Rand Carthon is one. Adam Peters is the other. Carthon is the uh, 49ers director of player personnel. Adam Peters is the assistant GM. So, so far, those are the five known names that have been affiliated with the cards, in addition to the in-house options in Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. Carthon and Peters are interesting names, and I would think that that would lead if they hired one of them, I would think that their recommendation would probably bring in to, to bring in D'Amico Ryans to be the head coach. You know, those 49er ties. The 49ers, go look at the track record. I mean, the Washington GM, the Jets coach, the Miami 
coach. I mean, the 49ers organization that has done a pretty good job uh, of, of helping other coaches get jobs, head coaching jobs, and GM jobs. And so they've been a good franchise, a good organization for that. So if you went after Carthon or Peters, I think it's a, I think they're good names. I like the uh, the tree, the 49ers tree, the success that they've had. But I do think that, you know, be, I would be surprised if those guys came in and didn't want to bring in D'Amico Ryans to be the head coach. I would be very, very surprised if they didn't want to bring in D'Amico Ryans as their coach. And it would. It, Mitch brought this up earlier off the air. It, it, it almost has a Tory Lovello, Mike Hazen feel when the Diamondbacks, right, hired Hazen to be their general manager, what, in 2017? And it was believed all along he was going to bring Tory with him. It was just kind of a matter of time. It would have a very similar sort of feel to that if they were to hire one of the 49ers guys, then maybe that would give them the line on D'Amico Ryans. Now, there have not been any reported uh, meetings or interviews with head coaches, which is really in line with what Michael Bidwell said yesterday. We, in a perfect world, we do the GM first and then the coach later because the GM hires the coach. There's probably only one guy that would disrupt that flow, and that would be Sean Payton. He'd probably be the one guy you'd hire as coach first, and then he would bring in basically a hand-picked general manager to be his guy to build the roster the way he would want it to. While there haven't been any reports of head coaching interviews, we do have Vegas odds, gambling odds, and I've got Bovada and I've got DraftKings in front of me, and I want to thank Kyle Odegaard for posting these this morning. Um, In both of them, Gambo, Sean Payton is the odds-on favorite to be the next head coach of the Cardinals. Now, does that mean it's going to happen? No. Huh. It's Vegas. They're trying to they're trying to take your money, right? They're trying to get you to lay down some money on somebody. But in both of these, Sean Payton is the odds-on favorite to be the coach. And I'll tell you in the DraftKings one, he's far and away the odds-on favorite to be the coach. But it's still only like a, what, like a 33% chance? It's yeah, it's it yes, you're right. The the okay. the implied odds of him being the coach don't suggest that it's a runaway and he's, you know, it's not like it's him and everybody else is a thousand to one. It's close and it's the implied odds are yeah, like 25 to 30%. And the other guys on the list are I'm looking at Bovada right now. Um Shane Steichen He's the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. He's next on the list. D'Amico Ryans follows him. Dan Quinn is next. Eric Bieniemy, which is a very interesting name to me, is next on the list. Ben Johnson, the OC of the Lions. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. That makes up the list in terms of their odds on Bovada. DraftKings has a little bit of a different look. And if you notice, there was one name on Bovada I didn't say. And that was Vance Joseph. His name was not on their list. On DraftKings, he was there. He was the third best odds. But on Peyton both, Steichen and Vance Joseph. Yeah, on DraftKings, okay. it was Peyton Steichen, then Vance Joseph, then Ben Johnson, then D'Amico Ryans, then Dan Quinn. Vance Joseph didn't make the Bovada odds. I don't know if they, I doubt they overlooked him. I wonder if they're just not giving him much of a chance to be the next head coach. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's quiet because the only thing we know about is what Peyton said on Fox the other day is that, you know, that the the uh, Broncos, that the Broncos have gotten permission. He said Denver's the first team. I was able to have a conversation with their owner. That's the protocol. The interview process can't officially begin until the 17th of the month. So the 17th of the month is a week from today. 
So, like, it's interesting, but we're not really going to hear anything about interviews because everything that Sean Payton does right now has to be, like, behind the scenes, off the radar. No doubt. Because he can't, like, you could talk, but you can't have an official interview until a week from right now. I fully expect it. I know you're working from home. I'm here at the studio today. And I didn't have any sources on this one. This was just more of a guess than anything. I had a feeling that at some point today we were going to play the breaking news sounder with a report that the Cardinals had requested permission to speak with Sean Payton. And, And again, that's not based on any reporting that's just a gut hunch kind of a uh just a, just a feel for it I, I thought maybe today would be the day we would hear about something like that it's 4 42 in the afternoon so far we haven't maybe we still do at some point today i, I thought today was yeah. going to be the day we were going to get that news and it hasn't happened yet hasn't happened yeah, and I, I mean i do wonder if that first round pick comes into play here yeah, like it's a, like now denver they they do have a first round pick but it's not their own was it miami's Yes, they have Miami's from the Bradley Chubb trade. Okay, yes. So they've got that pick. That's somewhere like late twenties, I believe. So they do have a first round pick to give up that they could give up. Like if the Cardinals were picking in the twenties, I'd be like, okay, I'll get. But I'm not giving up the third pick in the draft for Sean Payton. I'll no. go get a different coach. Yeah, it's and, and Mitch, it, it is the Dolphins pick, but it came to them via the 49ers is how they got it. So it is a very late first round pick. I'd have right. no problem giving up a late first round pick, and that's why you want to talk to the you want to talk to the the, the Saints. And you want to give them the second round pick take the second round pick you want next year's first i'll give you next year's first i can't give you three i can't what would, that's what you what want would you rather give, give up what would you rather give up this year's second or next year's first this year's second this year's second because i believe i'm gonna get a second this year from deandre hopkins okay i'd rather give up this year's second because next year's first honestly could be pretty good too could be pretty good, too, and maybe something you with don't Kyler, want to give up. We, right. With Kyler out for a bunch of games? Yeah. Imagine you give up next year's first and ends up being a top five pick again? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah I I'd rather just give you this year's second, too. I agree with you. When we come it's back, a good pick. It's, it's, a, it's the third pick. pick in the second round. Yeah. Take it. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really good. It's the 35th pick in the draft, 34th pick in the draft, yeah. whatever it ends up being. That's a really good pick. You don't have a first-round pick. Take it. Yeah. It's I don't good. know. We haven't heard anything about the Cardinals asking for permission, Nothing so we do not know that as of right now. When we come back, two teams could have a drastic impact on the Cardinals and their draft plans. Who are those teams, and what are they looking at? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When asked, Bears general manager Ryan Poles said he plans on quarterback Justin Fields being the team's starter next season. He said that he has to be, quote, absolutely blown away, close quote, to take a quarterback at number one. God, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Having Josh Rosen <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> Not that just Justin Fields is way better and way more established than, than Josh Rosen. Josh that's, Rosen? That's probably an unfair comparison. But, man, am I having some Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray. Oh, no. Rosen's the guy. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. Yeah, Look, no, lot we're not of, taking a quarterback. A lot of intrigue, right, with the Bears, right? I mean, do they... Just open up the number one pick to a bidding war, saying we got Justin Fields, we got a quarterback. Somebody, you, whoever wants the number one pick, give me the best offer you got. Do that, you know? Do they do that? Because you know, you could if, if you're not going to take a quarterback and somebody wants to go up to one to make sure they get the guy they want, and you're going to trade that pick, you could get a windfall. Could or do you just 
wait and slow play it and at least check out the quarterbacks just in case, just in case one of them offers something you like better than what you've got. I, 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 they like Justin Fields more than the Cardinals like Josh Rosen. I'm sure of it. They they have they have fewer questions about Justin Fields than the Cardinals had about Josh Josh Rosen. I'm sure of that too. But if they're doing, they've got the number one pick for the first time since 1947. They should probably make sure they do all of their due diligence, turn over every rock, every stone. And just make sure that they're not passing on a better quarterback since they've got the number one pick for the first time in 60-whatever years that it's been. I think they owe yeah. it to themselves to at least entertain the idea they could take a quarterback well, by checking them out. Yeah, and listen, when, you, when you're picking first, I mean, all eyes are on you. Do you evaluate Bryce Young? Do you evaluate C.J. Stroud? Yeah. Do you legitimately, like, you know, work these guys out sure. and, and follow them? Because then, you know, you're, you know, John Gruden did that. He had Derek Carr, and he was checking out Kyler Murray to see if they wanted to go get Murray. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you, I think you do that. I think you have to do that. I, I, I think you, you're, you're not doing your job if you don't do that. If you're not, okay, it's the most important position arguably in professional sports. If you've got a chance to upgrade it, at least explore it. And now if all of those guys, if you like what you have better in Justin Fields, then you say, yep, no, no, no disrespect to CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis, but we like what we've got and that pick is for sale. But I think you at least have to check them out. Now, we know for sure one team, if not multiple teams, will be a suitor. And in addition to the Bears quote, I've got this quote from Chris Ballard, who's the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Asked if if there is a quarterback at the top of the draft they want, would he give up heaven and earth to trade up and get him? Ballard, quote, yes, I do whatever it takes, close quote. So you can count on them like, okay, we, we, we've we got a big old wad of cash in our pocket. And we're ready to spend it. We're, we're ready to move. We want a quarterback. Let's go because we're tired of the Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, whoever the other guy was that I forgot. Carson Wentz, just Carson Wentz. carousel of crap that we've yeah. had a quarterback for the last five years. We're ready for something else. They've got a wad of cash in their pocket. They're looking to spend it to move up in this draft. Yeah, and I look at them more than I think anybody else else to kind of be like that's the team like if they you're going to trade because i don't you know you don't you don't you don't prefer to trade down too much right you're not going to have this draft you know for the team's not going to move up from 15 to three because then you don't want to do that it happens sometimes but you don't prefer to do that you prefer to just move down a couple of spots and still get a great player at his position which you could do that but it is interesting that they said that they're going to do whatever it takes you know to move up they need to they need to get a quarterback they've been playing you know this carousel with with veteran quarterbacks for, you know for years now so that's where you come into the scenario and you say, okay, the Colts are in a great spot to trade with the Cardinals if if one of the top two quarterbacks is there. Because, you know, where they are, you, they, you know, you can move, you can trade. The Cardinals have that ability. If both quarterbacks don't go, they've got the ability to say to the Colts that they're getting five calls from teams that want to give up a lot. They'd prefer to just move down one spot. Maybe, you know, maybe the Colts would do that. Perfect. Best case scenario. I, I really don't. I suspect this isn't going to happen, but the best case scenario is exactly what you just described a second ago. It is that the Bears stay put, 
take up if, if they feel like there's a generational player defensively between the two that are available, they stay put. They take that guy. The Texans take a quarterback at number two, or maybe even the Texans move up to number one to make sure they get their guy and the Colts don't. The Bears just move down a spot, and there they take one of those generational players. At that point, the Cardinals could, to your point, Call the Indianapolis Colts. Say, look, there's a bunch of people calling us who want this spot. We just want to move down one spot. Move up one spot. Get your quarterback. Get him before the Panthers move up and get him or the Raiders move up and get him or somebody else moves up and get him. And the Cardinals slide down one spot and they get the other generational defensive player that's left that the Bears didn't take. That is the perfect world scenario. I just don't know if it's going to happen because I don't know if the Bears are going to be around to make a pick in the top two. I I fear they're going to trade it to a quarterback needy team and quarterbacks are going to go one two that's a tough spot for indianapolis because the two teams that are ahead of you there are two teams ahead of you that are developing young quarterbacks right now and kyla murray and justin fields yeah and you would think that they're not going there you know they're, you know, they're good let them, they're just going to take a, a defensive player let them take a great player and look the 49ers were very successful at it in 2017 they enticed the bears to go from number three to number two to get mitch trubisky it worked out really good for them they got a bunch of extra picks the Colts are desperate to find a quarterback. If you could convince them, if you're the Cardinals and one of those top two guys is there, it's very likely you could just make a, make a trade with Indianapolis. And you know, then you know, then we're talking about that's the dream scenario, right? The dream scenario. Bryce Young goes in the first three picks. The Colts move up from. Four to three, they take a quarterback. And then if you're the Cardinals, you're taking the second best position player in the entire draft. And very likely you're getting, you know, either the Bama kid or the Georgia kid at number four. And you've just made a trade to get yourself in the. There is no better scenario. Nope. There is no better scenario than trading with the Colts, moving, moving down one spot, getting a few extra picks from the Colts. And still getting either the Bama kid or the Georgia kid at four. If, if it works out like that, and we're saying it today, if it works out like that, celebrate because there is no better scenario out there for the Cardinals. 100%. A name got linked to the Phoenix Suns today in a potential trade. Gambo checked in on the name. He will tell you what he found out. And that's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.